His divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Prabhupada Ki Jai. Iskan Tantracharya Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Nantakoti Vaishnava Ki Jai. Namacharya Srila Haridas Thakur Ki Jai. Praying Sri Kaho Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda. Sri Adoyta Gadadhar Sri Vasari Gaur Bhaktivinda Ki Jai. Sri Sri Rakhishna Gogopina Shai Mukunda Radha Kundigiti Govardhana Ki Jai. Rindavan Dhamma Ki Jai, Mathura Dhamma Ki Jai, Navajit Mayapur Dhamma Ki Jai, Jagannath Puri Dhamma Ki Jai, Ganga Maya Juan Devi Ki Jai, Bhakti Devi Ki Jai, Tulsi Maharani Ki Jai, Samaveta Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai, Gaur Premanande. All glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to Sri Guru and Guranga, all glories to Srila Prabhupada, Nama Om Vishnu Padaya. Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Niti Namane Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pachani Nivasesa Sunyavadi Paskachade Satani Mandayam Shri Guru Shri Uta Padakamalam Shri Guru Vaishnavamsha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatam Vitamstam Sajivam Sadvaitam Sadvadutam Padijana Sahita Krishna Chaitanya Deva Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lavita Shri Vishakam Vitamsha Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya July 14th, 2021, in Hawaii, reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 4, Chapter 27, Attack by Changavega on the City of King Paranjana, the character of Kalakanya, Text 3. Tayo Paguda Parirabdha Kandaro Rahonu mantrayar aparikshita chetana I'm sorry. Rahonu mantrayar aparikshita chetana Rahonu mantrayar aparikshita chetana Nakalaramho pramada parigraha by the queen, Upa Gudha, was embraced, Parirabdha, embraced, Kandaraha, shoulders, Raha, in a solitary place, a new mantra. By joking words, Aparikta Chaitana, having degraded consciousness, Na, not, Kalaramha, the passing of time, Bubudhe, was aware of, Durachayam. Impossible to overcome. 
Diva. Day. Nisha. Night. Iti. Thus. Pramada. By the woman. Parigraha. Captivated. Shula Prabhupada's translation, King Puranjani embraced the king and the king also responded by embracing her shoulders. In this way, in a solitary place, they enjoyed joking words. Thus King Puranjana became very much captivated by his beautiful wife and deviated from his good sense. He forgot that the passing of days and nights meant that his span of life was being reduced without profit. Shula Prabhupada's purport, the word pramada in this verse is very significant. A beautiful wife is certainly enlivening to her husband, but at the same time is the cause of degradation. The word pramada means enlivening as well as maddening. Generally, a householder does not take the passing of days and nights very seriously. A person in ignorance takes it as the usual course the days come and after the days the nights come. This is the law of material nature. But a man in ignorance does that know that when the sun rises early in the morning, it begins to take away the balance of his life. Thus, day after day, the span of one's life is reduced, and forgetting the duty of human life, the foolish man simply remains in the company of his wife and enjoys her in a secluded place. Such a condition is called aparikta chaitana, or degraded consciousness. Human consciousness should be used for elevation to Krishna consciousness. But when a person is too much attracted to his wife and family affairs, he does not take Krishna consciousness very seriously. He thus becomes degraded, not knowing that he cannot buy back even a second of his life in return for millions of dollars. The greatest loss in life is passing time without understanding Krishna. Every moment of our lives should be utilized properly, and the proper use of life is to increase devotional service to the Lord. Without devotional service to the Lord, the activities of life become simply a waste of time. Simply by becoming dutiful, we do not make any profit in life. As confirmed in Srimad Bhagavatam 128, If after performing one's occupational duty very perfectly, one does not make progress in Krishna consciousness, it should be understood that he has simply wasted his time in useless labor. Tayo Paguda Padi Rabda Kandaro Rahunuman Trier Aparik the Chaitana Nakala Ramho Bubude Duratyam Diva Nesati Pramada Parigraha Queen Puranjani embraced the king and the king also responded by embracing her shoulders. In this way, in a solitary place, they enjoyed joking words. Thus, King Puranjana became very much captivated by his beautiful wife and deviated from his good sense. He forgot that the passing of days and nights meant that his span of life was being reduced without profit. So, Pramada, Prabhupada says, can mean enlivening as well as maddening. And of course, uh, this is not just about uh, some romantic couple, uh, some husband and wife, but it's about the soul embracing materialistic intelligence.
And our intelligence can enliven us or madden us. <laughs> As Krishna says, the mind can be our friend or the mind can be our enemy. Uh, so the Puranjani is representing this, the subtle aspect of material life which can madden us and d- distract us or which can actually enliven us and bring us to Krishna consciousness. Hmm. So Prabhupada makes the point here that he makes many, many times, and he quotes Chanika Pandit about it, that every moment of our life is valuable. And then it's a question of what are we going to do with that? (laughs) Are we going to become enlivened or maddened? And how do we decide? What's the deciding factor with whether we become enlivened or maddened? So... It's interesting about time because there in the spiritual reality time is only the present our perception of the passing of time which we understand as the movements of some objects in relation to the movements of other objects and we also just de- define time as Krishna says of subduers I am time as the changing of objects Right? Like, I was at my son's house recently, and there he had these old photographs, uh, old family photographs. So I scanned some of them, uh, those photographs, when I was, you know, four, two years old, I think, four years old, five years old. And you wouldn't really be able to tell that I'm the same person. I give this analogy all the time that if you had a room of of adults and you put on the wall their baby pictures and said, okay, match the adults to their baby pictures, it would be very difficult. Even if we wanted, if you had a room of very old people and then you had pictures of them when they were, you know, 16 or 20 years old and you wanted to match the people who are now 80 (laughs) to what they look like when they were 20, that would again be very difficult. I think many of us have looked at pictures of our grandparents at their wedding or something, and we didn't recognize them. Like, who is this person? <laughs> so that's how we understand time. That time is is how we measure the change, entropy, the breaking down of things, the change of things from one thing to another, and the fact that this world is a world of names. Uh, but time is is a very mysterious thing. Krishna says, Kalos me, I am time. And Srila Prabhupada says, and our Acharyas also say, that this time is Lord Shiva. He is this Kala. This time is also the glance of Mahavishnu. And the glance of Mahavishnu on Durga Devi that awakens uh, Maya, awakens Maya, and separates the Pradhan into Rajas. Uh, Sattva and Thomas, and starts to combine and create space, uh, matter and liquid form, matter and solid form, matter and gaseous form, radiant energy, all the elements, earth, water, fire, air, ether, and the corresponding sense objects and the corresponding senses. But interestingly enough, time, which agitates the Pradhan to form the senses and sense objects, doesn't itself have a corresponding sense and sense object. In other words, we do not have a way of directly perceiving time. We can directly perceive space, we can directly perceive uh, air, 
and other gases, we can directly perceive solid matter and liquid matter. We have solid matter and liquid matter, but we have no way to directly perceive time. Again, we understand time as the movements of some objects in relation to other objects, like the movements of the Earth in relation to the Sun and Moon. And we understand time as the fact that I can look at uh, pictures of somebody throughout their life and, and see that, that some change has happened, some change has occurred. And I call this process of change time. Uh-huh. But ultimately, there is, no, there is no time. Time is ever present, which is inconceivable to us. I mean, even our present materialistic time is somewhat inconceivable. As I said, we cannot perceive time directly. What to speak of timelessness Ashila Prabhupada would often use the phrase that time is conspicuous by its absence in spiritual consciousness. And many persons, uh, in not only in our Vaishnav tradition, but in many different traditions, who, who directly experience spiritual consciousness, one of the main things that they note is the aspect of timelessness, that everything is always in the present. So what do we mean by that this time is very valuable? If if time is, in one sense, the originator of illusion and the original aspect of illusion. And yet at the same time we're saying, at the same time, we're saying uh, also that every moment of time in this human body is very valuable. It's very valuable. So uh, it's... It's interesting, like Narada Muni says, does not a thing when applied therapeutically cure a disease which is caused by that very same thing. So time in this world, the concept of time that we have, gives us a sense of being the doer. I am the doer. It gives us a sense that I am the cause of various effects. Right? Of course, the, the desire of the jiva is one cause of action, but we are basically, as Krishna says in the 5th and the 13th chapter, we're not really doing anything. Uh, it's, we're, we're like playing a video game. We're, you know, we're doing something, but we're not actually killing the monsters in the video game. So we're not really the cause. And Krishna says that it's the modes of nature that is really the cause, and that we, are the, the, we the jiva, are the cause of our suffering and enjoyment due to our attachment to what's going on in the modes of material nature. So this time is the origin of this illusion that I am the master of the world, that I am the doer, that I am the mover and the shaker, that I am causing all kinds of things uh, like that. But this uh, time is also an opportunity to get out of the illusion of time. Just like we use the senses of this body to get free of having to take birth again in a body. We use the mind in order to get free of the tyranny of the mind. Right? Sometimes a Shastra also says we use a thorn to get out of another thorn, to get out another thorn. So this uh, human life, the time we have in this human life, is an opportunity. It's a, a jumping off platform to get out. And therefore, time can be compared to great wealth. Uh, Prabhupada, you know, gives the says over and over again that you cannot buy back a minute of time, even for billions of dollars. 
even the great billionaires of the world like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and it, their money can never buy back time they can't erase their mistakes they can't get younger <laughs> you know it, it's it so how valuable is is this human body this is actually a great wealth and the other thing that we have in this human body is our particular gifts and talents and abilities so these are our, our wealth the fact that we have a body that enables us to have krishna consciousness in the animal body it's practically speaking impossible it's it's not impossible because like we achieve an understanding's dog and jitayu with lots of animals with in ramlila uh jitayu mahaprabhu also showed mercy to a little puppy but at ramlila especially you know the monkeys and the bears and the vultures and you know whatever whether it's a squirrel or a spider whatever you know so ramlila is full of of animals who become liberated and of course also some chaitanya lila and krishna lila so it is possible it's not impossible but generally like the animals don't have religion uh, they don't have philosophy and at least according to modern science very few animals can even understand that they exist to have a self concept whereas a human being can all human beings have some sort of explanation of metaphysical truth even if it's not connected with god or a divinity but there's some higher explanation of truth and meaning and all human beings have the capacity to come to a divine consciousness to come to krishna consciousness to be aware of the existence not just intellectually but to actually be aware of the existence of krishna and to relate with him in love and devotion so what an opportunity that is and that opportunity doesn't last very long especially in kali yuga uh, you know no one's surprised if someone dies after they're 60 is what i've noticed so if someone's below 60 people are surprised it's considered untimely but after 60 no one is surprised so that's not a very long time i mean when you figure that there's not that much you can do as a little baby you know you have to be at least like 3 or 4 years old in order to start thinking about attaining krishna consciousness of illustrious prahlad maharaj and then so much of our life is taken up just with living isn't it i mean how much of our life is taken up with sleeping bathing laundry growing food or shopping for food storing food preparing food cleaning up after the preparation taking care of our domicile where we can sleep safely without being worried about thieves and animals and insects and where we can store our food away from thieves and animals and insects and our clothes and taking care of our domicile you know taking care of the plumbing and the electricity <laughs> i mean it just like you know it's it's practically all of our time and then our time and energy to maintaining our various social relationships which are also part of our ability to have a shelter and our ability to have food and our ability to have clothes so just maintaining the biological thing you know it's like practically it eats up life and therefore prabhu says 
that most of the householders, they're not even aware. That, oh, yeah, it's day and night, it's time passing. Because that's their main business, is just taking care of the biological thing. But, I mean, even renunciates still have to take care of the biological thing. I suppose if you're a traditional renunciate where you don't have a home and all you have less is like, a, you know, you have some Buddhist monks that they have to limit their possessions as to what they can carry in a, a standardized size bag. <laughs> and, then, and you just beg for alms. So you don't take care of a domicile. You sleep, as Sukadev Goswami said, you sleep on the ground, you use your arms for a pillow, you beg your alms so you don't have to, uh, you don't have to earn money, you don't have to cook, you don't have to clean up. So limited. Right? You're not maintaining shelter. Maybe you get eaten by animals. <laughs> Maybe you get attacked by mosquitoes. <laughs> so, uh, such, such kinds of renunciates definitely decrease the amount of time and energy they're spending on just maintaining this, this biological lump. But for most of us, I mean, at the present time, I don't even know very many renunciates who live like that. Uh, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of time, and there's not much time and mental energy left over for anything else. As still, this human life is very valuable. And the gifts that we've been given in this human body, each of us, I love where Prabhupada says, everyone has some extraordinary talent. And that doesn't mean everyone has a rare talent. Uh, there's a few people who have rare talents, you know, that win Olympic gold medals and Nobel Prizes and Pulitzer Prizes and things like that that most of us don't have. But even if we have a more common talent, we each of us still has a talent that is our talent. And there's some way in which, even if it's a common talent, that it's unique to us, that it has our particular flavor. We have some gifts, gifts of the Lord uh, or the results of our past karma or some connection with that. And this is also a type of wealth. This is also a type of wealth. So wealth is meant to be used. Wealth has no value if it's not used, if it's not spent. I suppose it has some psychological value, like some portion of wealth is supposed to be set aside for emergencies. So there's some psychological value. Well, I have some wealth set aside for emergencies. But in general, wealth has meaning when it's spent. It has meaning when it does something. And one who doesn't know how to use their wealth or who doesn't use their wealth is called a miser. So we have these, these opportunities as a human being to realize the divine, to realize that we're divine, to realize that we're a soul, to realize that Jivara Swapaya Krishna Nichidasha, to realize that we are actually a servant of Krishna. We are meant for prema. We are meant for love. We are not we are not meant simply to maintain a, a, a biological heap, you know, forever as our as our only business. That's not our that's not our purpose. Our gifts, our time, our energy is not meant simply for that. I mean, that's... The animals do that. And, and where do you get... You know, you never really accomplish anything. 
You do laundry to do laundry to do laundry to do laundry. You eat to eat to eat to eat. You sleep to sleep to sleep. I mean, where, where, does, it, where does it go? It just maintains a, a body that eventually degrades and dies and becomes ashes or stool or dirt. So, you know, putting all this, taking our talents and our abilities and our gift and our human consciousness and just putting it into a pile of ashes. You know, it's, that's miserly. <laughs> That's miserly, you know. Just if if you're a Jeff Bezos and you just take your money and you burn it in a big bonfire, you know. <laughs> so, what is it that uh, that determines how we use this wealth? You know, even if you have a small amount of wealth, if you invest it properly, it can become very valuable right? if you know how to do it. You know, those people who bought shares in in, uh, companies that became wildly successful, they might have gone from a thousand dollars to a million dollars. So if we know how to use our wealth, well, the problem is that it's very how we use our wealth is very much dependent on our association. So in the wrong association, we become crazy. Pramada, we become crazy, and our wealth becomes spoiled and wasted. So this is the unfortunate situation of a large portion of the human beings on this planet in 2021. They're told philosophically that they are no more than animals, that they are just evolved animals that are a random chance occurrence of impersonal mechanized forces in the universe, that they don't have any particular purpose or reason for existence. And that there's the only thing special about the human form, you know, is, is a more sophisticated ability to eat, sleep, mate, and defend. You know, that's like, that's like it. <laughs> that's all that they're told. And they're told when they're growing up, you know, when they go to school, they're told that success is to, you know, make a lot of money and to have an attractive romantic partner and some beautiful home and some high-status job and, you know, maybe do some good for the world, help eradicate poverty and disease and illiteracy, you know, which are all nice things. We're not denying that there's nice things, but that's not the goal of life. And so people uh, end up leading empty lives. And all you have to do is spend a day hanging out with people like this. And they can be good people. Like Prabhupada talks about being dutiful. They can be very good people. They can be people who are, resp- are responsible, you know, they stay married to the same person for 70 years, and they help other people, they pay their taxes, they have an honest way of living, they contribute to the community. They can be good people. But you'll you'll see that they can go for days and weeks and months and never think about anything higher than just going through life. It's as if they're sitting on this pile of, of money and they don't know what to do with it. And this is what you just see practically. I mean, I think for any of us who, who have 
relatives or friends or associates or co-workers or whatever who are not interested in spiritual life, it's, it's kind of shocking, you know? I remember uh, being at a shopping mall with one devotee this decades ago, and she, she was commenting on the stores playing music, and she said, the music is telling you, everything is all right, just forget about God. When we were working on the Learn to Read books, I was reviewing dozens of different literacy programs, and I noticed several interesting things about... These were top literacy programs from English-speaking countries, America, the UK, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand. One interesting thing I noticed was how they subtly promoted meat-eating, that they would show uh, humans eating meat, and at the same time, whenever they had stories about animals, the sympathy was always with the prey animal and not the predator animal, unless the prey was an insect. So the rabbit always escaped from the tiger, and the brontosaurus always escaped from T-Rex, and so forth. So I, thought, I found that fascinating. What I also found fascinating was just the absence of God. I mean, just God was not there at all. And we could say, well, in America, you know, that wouldn't be allowed. But even in the UK, Australia, New Zealand, where religion is allowed in schools, God just wasn't there. Just wasn't there. And this was the case even when the story would be about religious holidays. So there would be stories about religious holidays of various religions, but there was no God. And we see this, of course, where, you know, Christmas without Christ where it's all about Santa Claus and Christmas trees and presents and Easter without Christ, where it's all about, you know, eggs and rabbits. <laughs> you know, like, what does that have to do with religion? And, and uh, we see this the way that Holy's been co-opted by materialists, you know, where they're just throwing colors at each other and, and playing mundane music. And, and there's, I was, uh, I once went to a what they called a color run where people were doing a run around just a piece of grass. <laughs> Instead of circumambulating a deity, they were circumambulating a grassy area. And every once in a while they play music and throw colors at each other. You know, they, they secularize these, these religious holidays. And the people who, you know, if you ask them, do you believe in God? Oh yeah, I believe in God. Oh, I'm a very spiritual person, they'll even say. Well, what are you doing spiritually? I try to be a good person. I try to be a dutiful person. But Shoma Eva, he came along. They're, they're wasting everything. Uh, they're putting all this time and energy and money and thought and care into things which are all illusion. You know, as, as Prabhupada said after he took up the Vanaprasta order, he said, where are my family now? They're just a list of names. You know, we're, we're pouring everything into our associates in this world and they, they leave us in various ways. They have a quarrel with us or whatever, or they die. I mean, just they just leave us. What's there? Our body deserts us. And nothing like getting old to see that your body deserts you. Your body just says, nope, not going to be there for you anymore. <laughs> I, I I used to go from a sitting to standing position without thought, and now I have to take some care. So it's it's interesting, you know, and yet we're putting all this energy. It's all wasted. It, it's 
it's exactly as if one was taking gold and just throwing it in the bottom of the ocean. You know, like you think about these treasure hunting ships that that got sunk, and they're just at the bottom of the ocean with all of their gold and all of their jewels. And that's what most people do, uh, to one extent or another, with their human life, with their talents, with their gifts. Uh, either they don't use them at all, or they use them for. Uh, materialistic purposes, which is all useless. And you can say, well, really, what about the good that's done in the world? But this is also an illusion, because we can't do good for anyone that's not their karma. If I could do good for you, materially speaking, that's not your karma, I could do bad for you that's not your karma, and that wouldn't be very fair. So, you know, all of the, the so-called good people do, all we're being is agents of karma, Prabhupada says we cannot change anyone's karma by communal living. It's not that if I live with someone else that I'm changing their destiny. Their destiny is their destiny. At best I can just be an agent of it if we're staying on the material platform. So what a waste. So much time and energy and care are put into this. And, and, and I have something that's particularly on my mind right now. And that is even among people who are ostensibly spiritualist, they will often waste, and, and I've done this too, I'm not, I'm not innocent of this, they will often waste their time and energy and gifts simply arguing theologically and philosophically for no profit, just to argue, you know, just to argue. So, you know, it's A, no, it's B, no, it's A, no, it's B, I'm right, you're wrong. And, and people writing papers, you know, 20 pages, 50 pages, 200 pages, and making videos, and, and, and this is going on. I mean, and of course, it, it eventually leads to schisms and sects and uh, different groups that each propound their founder and their rightness and their theology as being superior. And, and they'll fight about it, you know. They'll, they'll get out their swords and their guns and they'll kill each other. You know, should we worship Mary or not worship Mary? You know, it's just, I mean, the two that I'm looking at right now is, do we understand, you know, do those of us who are followers of, of A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, do we view our tradition through Srila Prabhupada or do we view Srila Prabhupada through the tradition? And another one that's going around now is, does, do we realize our Swarup because it's something that's already there or do we realize our Swarup because we've associated with somebody with that kind of Swarup? And these are just, they're such a waste of time. And, you know, and, and there's, you know, the, did we fall from the spiritual world? Did we not fall from the spiritual world? <laughs> Should women be teachers of bhakti? Should women not be teachers of bhakti? And, and people will debate these things. You know, and I've myself gotten caught up in these debates and wasted my own time and my own energy. So I'm speaking here not from a condemnation of anybody but from a, a realization that whenever I get sucked into these things, that I lose Krishna. I remember we were at a meeting uh, many years ago. I can't remember what the meeting was about. I'm sure it had something to do with education. And people were starting to debate these things. And then uh, Shanakarishi, the Oxford Hindu Center, he got up and he said, you know, if we get involved in these debates, we forget that blue boy playing his flute. And uh, that actually happens. You know, we get involved in some peripheral thing of our religion or our, or our theology, and we forget the whole point. 
the whole point is to always think of Krishna and never forget him. The point is to realize our loving relationship with Krishna. You know, it doesn't matter whether that relationship was always there or that relationship came from someone else or I'm convinced it's a combination of the two. But it doesn't matter. The point is that we realize our relationship with him. That, that's the point. That's the point. And, and to do that and to focus on that because we don't have a lot of time. We don't know how long we have this window of opportunity. We really don't. After this life, we, we could become, you know, a demigod and get into the drinking soma and the nandanandana gardens and forget about what we're supposed to do or we could become a dog or a cat or who knows. So this is mostly due to our association. And here, there's association with Paranjani. Again, she represents a materialistic intelligence. If we associate with materialistic intelligence, we waste our gifts, we waste our talent, we waste our time, we waste our opportunity. It's, it's association. If we associate with other people who are just interested in eating, sleeping, mating, defending, or we associate with people who are just interested in theological wrangling and being a Muni who has their own opinion, or you know, th- then we will also forget. And we'll, we'll notice at one point, wait a minute, I'm not really happy. Now suppose instead we have the right association. Suppose our association is pramada in terms of enlivening. Then it's just the opposite. When we have the right association, we feel enlivened. And we can feel this, isn't it? You know, when we're in association with, with sadhus who really focus on Krishna kata, on harikata, I'm just relishing. We are not meant to study these scriptures to wrangle. And if we're going to wrangle with someone, for goodness sakes, wrangle with the atheists and get them to love Krishna. <laughs> we're wrangling with each other. Not, it's not what it's for. The scriptures are not, they're, they're shastra, they're not shastra, they're not weapons. <laughs> they're not meant to be used as weapons. Um, and nor are we meant just to take care of our, our aging bodies <laughs> or our youthful bodies, as ever the case may be. But when we have the right association, we feel so enlivened. And we, we can be the right association. We can go into the right association and we can be the right association. And as soon as we are, then we feel that our wealth increases. It's incredible. It's, it's like, you know, having a good investment banker or something. You know, when we're in association with people uh, like Srila Prabhupada or like so many devotees in our, in our uh, Krishna conscious society, we feel enlivened, we feel inspired. We feel, yeah, I'm the soul. And we start using our talents and our abilities and our time to decorate the form of the Lord, to meditate on the form of the Lord, to serve the form of the Lord, to serve the Lord's mission, to serve the Lord's desire. And then every moment, what does Prabhupada say? We experience life with a thrill at every moment. That's what we want. That's what we want. And we don't feel then that the days and nights are taking something away. Right? It says that earlier in the Bhagavatam, that the sun rising and setting, it doesn't take away the time of a spiritual person. A spiritual person feels that every moment is fresh and every moment is new. And feels a sense of eternality. 
death, old age, household duties, d- doesn't matter to a spiritually awakened person. The time one has to spend on one's house and one's cooking and one's laundry becomes service to the Lord. The time one invests in one's social relationships becomes service to the Lord. Everything becomes infused with service to the Lord. We're not trying to get someplace because we already are someplace. We're not trying to achieve something in this world because we already are enough. (laughs) We already are perfect. We already are whoever we need to be in relationship with Krishna. And all we need to do moment by moment is to celebrate that. Whether we accomplish something in this world or not from an external point of view has absolutely no meaning. And so we, we lose this part of the illusion of time that I am the doer and I am the cause and I am accomplishing anything creating a happy family creating a nice home or even building a temple or something like that establishing a philosophical point we, we lose that it doesn't matter when I'm trying to establish philosophical points and build temples and have beautiful families and feed our stomach and make sure that there's nutritious blood going through the body. We don't care about that. We care about celebrating our Krishna consciousness. And that means that we feed the body and it means that we clean the floor and it means that we build a temple. But we're doing that simply as a celebration. We're doing it as a festival of celebrating our relationship with Krishna. And then that time spent is... it. It merges into transcendence. It merges into eternality. It, it, every moment becomes worth not just billions, but trillions. It, it just increases and increases and increases unlimitedly, with, without any end. Why are we settling for some drab existence of ego? That I am important in this world. For lower than that just pleasures of the gross senses like a a creature (laughs) why are we settling for that when we can have this unlimited expanding dynamic consciousness of Krishna but it depends on our association is our association enlivening or is our association maddening and we really need to choose well and we need to be good association I have definitely wasted time being bad association thinking that, you know, philosophical wrangling was, was devotional service when it was all just egoistic. So to find good association and to be good association and to see, am I actually full of joy? Am I actually living beyond time without a... Without a without this sense of past, present, and future, but with this sense of, of eternality. So questions, comments, additions, subtractions, chastisements. Uh, well, one thing I found a little surprising when you were saying that as you traveled places like Australia, you gave other examples that but how surprising it is that even good people, there's no component of, of spirituality or, or purpose in life. And I was thinking as you were saying that, well, 
hey, it's, it's the material world. It's like if you went into a prison and, and you found, oh, criminals are here, um, you, you wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I, I found that surprising in a wonderful way that, that only we think that way because we've somehow come in contact with, with Krishna and Lord Chaitanya's, Lord Chaitanya's blessings. And we, have purpose, we have purpose in life, so we see like that. But I guess I was just seeing from another angle of vision how fortunate we are and how unfortunate the rest of the world is because it really shouldn't be surprising. That's what the material world was created for, for people to come here and forget all about Krishna and basically accomplish nothing other than nothing. to suffer and experience and then ultimately, ultimately at some point become burned out and go back to Krishna. Yeah, they accomplish absolutely nothing. Yeah. And, and, and we, we should see this with compassion and with love for them. And let's give them the real thing. You know, the problem is when we become bewildered, then we lose the capacity not only to help ourselves, we lose the capacity to be of help to people in the world. Anybody else? That's a great point. That's a great point. Great class, Irma. Well, thank you. Krishna is very kind. I have a question. Yes. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Hare Krishna. How do we become Buddha Association? Oh, you know how to do that, Mahalakshmi. You you bring people the joy of Krishna consciousness and don't spend a lot of time or energy in uh, dealing with other things. You know, if you have to deal with different philosophical points, do it in the, in the way of celebrating Krishna, not in the way of trying to defeat others and prove that you're right. And if you have to deal with the, you know, we all have to deal with so much stuff for just keeping the biology going, uh, do that as a service to Krishna. It's Krishna's energy, and do it with joy. That is Krishna's energy. Hi, Krishna. Yes. How do you go? Um, I, that's, I always like to notice that you're paraphrasing different verses. So I, I thought of this one verse that came to mind from the Hamsa uh, Guya prayers, and I wasn't sure if you were specifically thinking of it or it just kind of fit so is alright if I read it yeah of course let me offer my respectful obeisances unto the all pervading supreme person I've got it who possesses unlimited transcendental qualities acting from within the cores of the hearts of all philosophers mm. who propagate various views he creates he causes them to forget their own souls while sometimes agreeing and sometimes disagreeing amongst themselves. Thus he, excuse me, thus he creates within this material world a situation which they are unable to come to a conclusion. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. So when, when you were saying that, I just, uh, that verse, it, uh, people who have noticed how uh, it, you can get pulled into these different philosophical um, 
conundrums where the, the answers aren't able to be understood in our present condition. Yes. You know, this, this verse, sometimes we bring up this, this verse after going through it, the yes. 6, 4, 31. Yes, it's, so. it's interesting how, you know, for, for people in general, Maya is pretty simple. Maya is about food, sex, money, house, or, you know, if you're, if you're in Tamagoon, that's what it's about. Maya is about just creature comforts. If you're in Rajagoon, then Maya is about creature comforts and name and fame and being a righteous person and building society. And if you're in Sattvagoon, then Maya can be about this sort of thing. It can be about, you know, what's the best spirituality, and, and that happens in Rajagun as well, of course. So, you know, and even when one takes up spiritual life, Maya Devi comes and says, oh, good, let's make your Maya look spiritual. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really something. She's very clever. And, you know, for some people it's a dancing apsara, but for somebody else it's a philosophical debate that they're having going on for 20 years about something that's, you know, not comprehensible in the conditioned state and irrelevant to whether or not one wants to worship Krishna. It just doesn't matter. You know, just like the process of sadhana isn't going to change whether your swarup is inherent or bestowed. It's going to be exactly the same process of sadhana. And when you realize your swarup, you're going to know you know, and, and that's that's enough. That's enough. If it's not going to change the process of bhakti, why take various verses and try to skew different understandings out of them to prove this or that or the other thing? It just, why? Just so we can posit ourselves as a muni with a new philosophy. So, you know, I mean, that's just the, the current example, and then there's this other example, is do we understand Prabhupada through the tradition of the tradition through Prabhupada? And it's like, well, maybe it's both. <laughs> you don't have to fight the other side. <laughs> it's just, it's just silly. You know, it's really silly. Of course I understand the tradition through Srila Prabhupada. I, I would guess that for most of us in this class, our coming to Krishna consciousness had to do, first and foremost, with A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. But Prabhupada exists within a tradition. He doesn't exist alone. He posits himself as existing within a tradition. So if we don't understand Prabhupada, we can't understand the tradition. But if we don't understand the tradition, we can't understand Shiva Prabhupada. And why do we have to fight about which view is right? They're both right. And it's, you know, let's have a kirtan and have prasadam. And let's worship the deity and let, let's talk about Krishna's qualities. And that's... That's really where we want to go. You know, we can discuss these philosophical things if it's in the mood of falling more in love with Krishna and getting more devoted to Krishna and uh, having people become more enlivened about Krishna. But if we discuss these things in terms of ego, if I'm right and you're wrong, then we all we do is form different camps. And it's very nicely said in the 12th chapter, Prabhupada says in a purport, that uh, one is free from all pains if one doesn't identify with any faction. <laughs> so all, yeah, all like Narahari was saying, all it does is increase our suffering, and then it looks terrible to the public. 
you know, I come to, to find Krishna, I come to find the youthful son of Nandamaraj, and all I find is people wrangling over minutia of theology. You know, it's kind of like... <laughs> it, it, it's, it's very unfortunate. But it's, it's, I see it's just Maya. It's just, you know, a dancing Apsara that for people who aren't going to be attracted to literal dancing Apsaras. You know, so people are not people who are not embracing their wife in solitary places like today's verse. So they're embracing their false ego in solitary places because <laughs> your perennially represents that. She represents the material intelligence. She represents the, the material ego, and uh, you know it, it amounts to the same thing. And, and one becomes maddened instead of enlightened. I'm laughing at myself too. I'm not laughing at anybody else. I mean, I'm the greatest fool here. Anybody else? Yeah, you're aware of the three dis- uh, discussions, types of discussions, Vodic, Yalpa, and Vitanda. Yes, yes, they're very much Goswami. part of our... Yes. yes. Right. So, uh, something that could be brought up at the front end of a, a discussion is, uh, are these three? And, and if somebody's Absolutely. Um, only interested in winning... There's no, we're wasting our time. And, and if somebody's not interested to find out the truth, we're wasting our time. But if, if, if people can be detached enough to discuss things with a cool head, maybe we can arrive at something. Absolutely. So, this is so important. Police, they don't know how to discuss things. They, yes. They're caught up in the yes. Ravatama. That's the problem. Yes. And so in Jaiva Dharma, there's a Vaishnava, a Babaji, he, he's aware that this one devotee, he's inclined to argue for argument's sake, and mm. he avoids him. Or he cleverly, he deals with him cleverly, so he get, doesn't get drawn into an argument. Oh, wow, okay, so, yeah. Yeah, that's in Jaya Dharma. So, so that, should, that should be in Neon, that should be published... Well, you know, I'm so glad you said that because the Shastric Advisory Council's hermeneutics course has done exactly that. Lesson three is specifically about Vada, uh, Jalpa, and Vitanda and about the fact that even Vada, even Vada, if if you're trying to find truth but you're trying to find truth just for some intellectual stimulation, even that can be superseded by some Vada where our purpose of finding truth is to fall in love with Krishna. But yes, if people are doing jalpa, which is trying to win, or vitanda, which is just trying to defeat, sometimes you just try to defeat, you're not, you know, jalpa, you're trying to at least establish some position. Vitanda, you're not trying to establish anything, you're just trying to destroy. And vada, you're trying to find truth. Yeah, so vada, I think vada is important because I do believe that um, a lot of the devotees misunderstand Prabhupada and you know and they willfully do that uh, you know to maintain a position and, and and but there's there is such a thing as revelation there is such a thing as understanding things in the proper way and uh, sometimes that can uh, you can arrive at that with discussion but it has to be really sattvic or yes. pseudo-sattvic. Yes. 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 Thank you. Thank you. 
Yes, thank you. Yes. Thank you. And I think that's a fantastic point on which to end. Thank you, Vidyagda Madhavaprabhu. Now that is enlivening association. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai.